Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms. The Volume. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Aaron Murray here, and this is Snaps, and we are at 10K. We appreciate everyone. The goal is to get to 10,000 subscribers before the national championship, and we appreciate because you freaking delivered. We are at 10K right now, and we got, hell, over a month to the national championship. So we talked to the bosses. We talked to the management. We came up with a new number since you guys are doing such a great job. Of, of of supporting the show and and spreading the good word of snaps to your friends and family members a new goal 12500 12500 is the new goal i would not complain if we got to 15000 by the national championship i mean that's a little bit aggressive i know that but 12500 is that next goal all right we got a great show today uh we got cole kublik joining us here shortly we're going to talk mostly sec we're going to talk about alabama are they the best team in this playoff race uh we'll get to some other bowl games we'll talk a little kirby versus saban as well because the big discussion was kirby had surpassed saban oh they lost last week so where does that all lie uh, we'll get to some other bowl games in the sec cole and i will be breaking it down with you for the next 25 to 35 minutes. And with that, the beautiful man here himself, Cole Cuba. Appreciate you jumping on with us. Yo, what's going on? <clears throat> Sorry, I had to, told me I had to download the app and I got some, I didn't know I had a guy coming to clean our sofas. My wife put me on that. So I had to guy come find a corner in a bedroom mm-hmm. somewhere. So sorry. I thought you were having to do, uh, you know, now that now that you and I aren't traveling as much, you have to start getting some of the house chores together that we kind of neglected <laughs> for four months. But I was like, it's time to put up the Christmas tree. It's time to do the lights. It's time to you know clean this or clean that. And so it's like it's been chore after chore after chore, just putting me to work, Cole. That's why Nick Saban doesn't want to retire because he doesn't want yeah. you know Miss Terry put him to work in the in, in the house. For me, it's more the kids stuff. Like, okay, you've got the three year old today all afternoon. I'll be back. Uh, eight year old has this tonight. You can take her to that. You can go do this. So it's it's not that I really mind doing it, but it's just a lot of the stuff she's been doing with the kids. Now it's my turn to take them and hang out with them. So, uh, and, and just quick 
Cole, I think I don't think you really need the description, but Cole Kublik, former offensive lineman at Auburn. You can catch him on SEC Network all the time. Does the primetime game um, every single Saturday night. Also was in the booth doing some games this season as well. Did a hell of a job. And if you're looking for another sports podcast, make sure you go get the Cube Show. Uh, he gets really aggressive. Like you think T-Bob gets aggressive. My man Cole gets a little <laughs> aggressive too with uh, with with how he gets down. Always a fun listen on my Monday morning walks with my daughter and two dogs. All right, cool. Let's let's jump right into it. Um Alabama's in the playoffs. I don't I don't think we need to really discuss the whole, you know, did they deserve it? Did they not? They're in. I think yeah. we've all given our opinions about, you know, who should have been that number 14. But I'll ask you this cuz we had Jake Butt on yesterday from Michigan. When Michigan heard Alabama was going to be that number 4 spot, you knew there was a different kind of feeling than knowing that it was going to be FSU. Is Alabama the best team in this playoff? Uh, right now, I'm going to say no. Uh, I'm still going to lean Texas. Um, I think Texas has close to Alabama's physicality up front on offense. I think the interior of the defensive line advantage would go with Texas right now. Um, now, I think the back end absolutely belongs to Alabama. That secondary mm-hmm. is neck and neck with Georgia as the best in college football, and I don't think there's too many that can compete with those two when you come to that. Uh, but Texas is better than Alabama wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, now, because of injuries, Bama may be a little bit deeper at running back right now, but I don't think that's a huge differential either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and quarterback in different – I think it kind of offsets itself. Like Quinn is more capable of making a lot more throws in a lot of different ways – but Jalen obviously can break you down with his legs, and that's totally different. So, um, I mean, I, I just I said this going into the playoff, Aaron. We were talking about Oregon compared to other teams, and and which team should get in. And the committee, especially, was guilty of this. None of them wanted to talk about the Texas defense. I mean, giving up around eighty yards rushing per game, mm. they held five opponents to ten yards rushing in a game or less. And you know, you got a dynamic quarterback that has playmakers all over the field. Jatavian Sanders is one of the most athletic tight ends in college football. Mm. Kelvin Banks going to be a first round draft pick of left tackle. They got some grinders up front. Like I just, I think when you talk about a complete team, Texas has to be mentioned. If you're talking explosive capability, physicality. Uh, now, they dealt with some quarterback injuries, so there were some games they didn't look great in. Uh, now, the most talented team, maybe with defensively combined with what they have on offense, it would be Alabama, but I'm still going to lean Texas right now. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think if Texas gets through Washington, which Washington's the one team that, that would concern me if I'm Texas because of the fact that you, you talk about all those great stats running you know, against the run, the secondary has been a little bit hit or miss for, yeah. for Texas, and Washington has the explosive ability. Texas is the better overall team. But, man, if Michael Penix goes out there and throws four or five touchdowns, Washington might end up winning that game. I think Washington doesn't match up well against Michigan or Alabama. Fair. But if yeah. it does win, I think Texas does match up really well against either of the you know the other two teams, depending on who win or who does win versus Michigan and Alabama. But if it is Texas and Alabama, which like that's what I'm anticipating. I think Texas wins. I do think Alabama wins. And we can get into that Alabama-Michigan game. I don't know if you're, you, you have anything different on that or, or thoughts. But if it is those two, do we overplay the it's hard to beat the same team twice in a season, especially when that game was all the way back in week two? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Because they're two different teams and they're going to have different players that are competing, different players that are playing. Uh, And I mean, as you know, like I do, we were totally different teams. I mean, hell, just from my position group standpoint on the offensive line, like we were totally different groups in week 10, 11, 12 than we were in one, two, and three. 
So there's going to be a different comfort level all across those two teams. Think about Jalen Milrow. He's benched against South Florida, mm-hmm. and even the next two, three games, he didn't look great. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really until LSU when he just began to skyrocket. And then November, he was a totally different guy. So you're going to probably have to deal with more design quarterback runs. Tommy Reese has done a nice job implementing those. Um, and then Quinn Ewers, I think, will be a guy that's even more comfortable to be able to operate that offense at a different level. And I, I, I just, first off, I don't, I don't even believe in the whole. It's, it's hard to beat the same team twice. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's hard to beat good teams once. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's a real inherent advantage either way. I mean, I, I think that you know, there's something to be said about hey, you, we have the confidence because we beat you, and we know we can go do that again. But there's also, and, and I, we played Florida twice my senior year. We got our ass kicked both times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, there's also that part of you get to go back and look at the things that you are close to yep. and that you made mistakes with and say, man, we correct this. Like mm-hmm. we got something going here and we can, yeah. we can, we can have success against this part of this team by doing this. So it, it really does work both ways. It's just execution, but. I've never really believed in that. Oh, it's hard to beat you know a team twice. It's not. It's not hard to beat them twice because you're playing them a second time. It's hard to beat them twice because they're good. Yeah. Like that's Oregon didn't beat Washington either time because Washington's really good. It wasn't because mm-hmm. it was the second time. No, no. And I think I. I think for a guy like Sarkeesian too, I think there is a sense of confidence though. For at least him, you bring up confidence going against Nick Saban. We're going to get to that that Nick Saban discussion against his former coaches and obviously against Kirby too here in, in, in a couple minutes. Um, but going to that first game, someone brought in the chat. Uh, I forgot who it was. Oh, it's, it's Dobby. Dobby goes, is Michigan that good or is the big 10 just meh? And if, if you've been on this, this channel with us throughout the season, you know, my feelings about, you know, say Penn state and, and I haven't been really in love with them a team that is one side, a great defense can't score an offense, you know, Ohio state's super athletic and a great football team. They just didn't have the quarterback, unfortunately, this year to kind of put them over the top. The rest of the league is is significantly down from the top tier. So when you look at Michigan and you look at, you know, kind of their schedule, how they got to where they are now, and and I'm not going to use the word limping into the playoffs because it's hard to say a team's limping when they're 13-0, but not really playing their best ball or kind of what we thought they would be playing right. this time of the year. What is your view on that game and Michigan? I think with Michigan, they are – I would agree with you. They're not the team right now that we saw in different points of the season. I mean, they have a they, number one. They have a tackle problem right now, mm-hmm. and that's mostly due to injury. But the different players that they've either had to move or substitute with have not been the same. And you lose your best offensive lineman against Ohio State. That group has not been the same down the stretch. There were points in time, week three, week five, when I was watching that offensive line, thinking, "Damn, they they look better than the last two. Yeah. In certain areas like this, if they grow the way the other two did, they might end up being the best of the three that we've seen. And they're not that now. They're just not um, the running backs are obviously dynamic. I don't know if they're as good at tight end as they've been in the previous two years, maybe collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think JJ McCarthy has all the ability. It's just it's kind of you go back to, to 2018 to 2019 and people say how Joe Burrow just got so much better. He got so much better. It's like, well, he didn't really just get better. He just had different opportunities. Mm-hmm. He was provided with opportunities to do things. And I think the thing with JJ is he, he he's not provided a whole lot of opportunities to really showcase what he can do. So there's a part of his game that we don't even really know exactly what he's capable of. But I do think he throws the ball extremely well. 
Yeah. But when you're talking about athleticism and speed, matching up against that Alabama secondary, and if you have a tackle problem, I would not want to be going against Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner because they've been eating tackles up for the last half of the season, and that's going to be problematic. So I, I think speed and athleticism is going to be a massive difference in this game. Um, Alabama, no matter how physical you are, no matter how much bully ball you can play, Alabama's just one of those teams that you're probably never going to go into that game and be more of that than they are. Now, they, they might not be the best at it in the country, but that's not how you're going to beat them. Um, I mean, ask Georgia that. Georgia's played bully ball this year. Well, that, that's that's the, that's the issue with Michigan the past two years, at least two years ago with Georgia. Like, yeah. you try to play the same brand as football as Georgia, but they're bigger, stronger, and faster than you are. Like, not going to do it. It's the yeah. same thing this this game versus Alabama. Like, you're trying to play a brand of football that has been mastered by Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. Yeah. Have you made that much progress in two years to necessarily be able to compete better than you did two years ago against Georgia? Like that's no, I don't. Word. Yeah, and I don't think so. And and even though they don't have a Jonathan Allen or a Quinnen Williams, you know, guys that are getting that kind of hype and notoriety, Justin Aboigbe's had a really good year. Tim Smith mm-hmm. has had a good year. Tim Keenan's really come on in the second half of the season for Alabama on the inside of that defense. And I would say if you go back and watch it, watch thirty-two for Alabama's defense diagnose things before the snap. Like that kid is beginning to get to that level of mm-hmm. previous Alabama inside linebackers that just they know what's going to happen before it happens. Right. Um, so yeah, I I don't see Michigan really being able to move the ball. Can they cause some problems when they're on defense? I think probably um, just because that physicality, like I said, is going to be close. And I don't know if Alabama can just push them around. They're going to have to do other mm-hmm. things. And they're not as dynamic at wide receiver. So Tommy Reese will have to be creative to continue to move it on offense. But defensively is where I think Alabama has a massive edge in that game. Yeah, it's it's you're talking about two of the best defenses in the country, two offenses that are limited with some of the playmakers on the outside. But I still trust Alabama's secondary to 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 be even more of a, of a nuisance to Michigan than I do Michigan's defense. At least slow down, you know, Jalen being able to create a few explosive plays. And you and I, you know, we do our show every every Tuesday on SiriusXM on the SEC channel. And and someone brought this up in the chat. Just the difference of of Alabama to Texas from week two. It is the turnovers. Like if Jalen isn't turning the football over, yeah, this defense and this team is good enough, and they've proven they can win close games. Like I trust him now more than I did beginning of the season. To understand, I'll take a sack or two. You know, we'll punt the football as long as I don't make the critical mistake, which he did versus Texas. Alabama's probably going to win that game. You know, the rematch versus Texas, we'll see. Uh, but at least this game, as long as you don't allow Michigan to score points on defense, you're to me, I think they're the better football team. I think they end up winning the entire thing. All right, we're going to move on to a new topic. But first, let's hear from our partners at DraftKings. Can you believe that we're this deep in the NFL season? Well, check it out. We got to make every second count. And with the DraftKings Sports Recap, you can make the most out of every game day. You can bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. And right now, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on any NFL matchup. That's right. Any NFL matchup right now, $5, you get $150 instantly in bonus bets. You want to bet your hometown team, you're going to be away. It's all there for you. And remember, if you're returning customers, always great game day deals and boosts and offers going down on the DraftKings app. And you can always do your multi-game or same-game parlay. So get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You download the app now. Use the code TBOB. Okay, if you're a new customer, TBOB, 
New customers, $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code T-Bob. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling. Gaming resources. The eligibility to bonds or six supply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
I cannot wait to just continue to to let T Bob know that we got to 10K while he's out getting drunk at Disney World. So we appreciate everyone once again for helping us get it. The goal was to get it this week while he was not here. Uh, obviously, we love T, but you know it's it's nice to. You know, it's it's competition. We're siblings over here. We got to kind of throw jabs in when we can. So uh, once again, we appreciate you guys. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff to the channel. The new goal for the national championship: twelve thousand five hundred. Let's make it happen. All right, Cole. Um, before we 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 move on from the Alabama topic a little bit, this is somewhat on it, somewhat not. You know, the big talk last week, and and we had David Pollock on, and and kind of a couple of those clips went crazy viral, especially after the game was Pollock saying that Kirby Smart is now the better football coach. Forget the record, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban head-to-head. Kirby Smart is now the best football coach in America. He was a better football coach heading into that game. How much of a flex was it for Nick Saban? And does that discussion need to be tabled for a while? Because Nick, once again, won in Atlanta versus Kirby Smart. I think so. Uh, And I think, too, when you look at what he's done this year, Let's keep in mind, he had to replace his quarterback. He had a guy coming in that they weren't really sure what the offense was going to look like because of what he was capable or not capable of taking over a quarterback. He had a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, and a lot of star power that left for the NFL, just like he has each and every year. And one of the things that really bothered him, I had him earlier in the year, one of their games, is how many backups they had go to the portal. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, we had eight to 10 guys that were really going to help us in different situations. Now gone, we have to retrain a lot of guys to be ready to help us in those instances. So put all that together with the quarterback fiasco that happened with the USF game. And then now they're sitting here playing for a national championship in the college football playoff, knocked off Georgia and into their win streak to be able to get there. It's just been really impressive what they've done. That, that defense has kind of morphed throughout the course of the year. The offense has had multiple personalities throughout the course of this season. You know, they kind of started out early, didn't really know what they were going to be, became the shot play offense, was just throwing the ball down the field. Now you see more heavy quarterback run. They've been able to lean on teams late in the run game. That offensive line's totally different than it was before the season. I thought it was going to be great all year, but they've really gotten to the point that I thought they could get to in the last few weeks. So I still lean Nick Saban. Um, I learned my lesson a couple of years ago, betting against Mm -hmm. him and going against him. I'll never do it again. Kirby Smart's doing amazing things. We have two two coaches in the Southeastern Conference that are doing things that have never been done. It's amazing. Yep. Uh, but Nick Saban's just been doing it longer. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get off that platform anytime soon. And, and you can't ignore like if you would have won back to back games first first Nick and that's championship and then done it in an SC championship, maybe we could talk about who now currently is. And and I and I was on the same belief as 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 Pollock, right? Kirby was slowly overtaking maybe not even slowly is the right word like this georgia team has been excelling since he took over the program it's only been what seven years so uh, but you still gotta you, you gotta win a few more against the king before you really take that crown and unfortunately for kirby just was unable to get that back-to-back win and continues to be unsuccessful in atlanta versus nick saban uh someone in the chat said i think it was dobby again you know you, you try and sub jalen milrow out for tyler buckner who is now transferring to play lacrosse just like that, that that was a little bit of a mistake early on in the season. And luckily you did that mistake or made that mistake versus USF and not someone else because you may have got your second loss early on and that would have derailed any opportunity really for that team to be one of the final four teams. Uh, it was funny, Cole. I was, I was out yesterday and a buddy of mine who's an Auburn grad came up to me and apologized. He goes, I'm so sorry that we are the reason why probably Alabama had the confidence to beat Georgia and the reason why they're probably going to win the national championship because we didn't know how to defend Alabama 
on a fourth and 31 to end the game. I mean, really, like mm-hmm. that play will go down as one of the greatest plays in Alabama history if Alabama finds a way to win a national championship. Because if that play didn't happen, I don't care if you beat Georgia. A no, 10 11 and 2 Alabama was not going to be in the playoffs over, over FSU. Hell, even if they beat Georgia, there might have been a case for Georgia at 12 and 1 losing Alabama to be that team instead of FSU. So, like that play and the ripple effects from there are crazy. I don't want to get into all that, but I want to get into obviously you're an Auburn grad, you're, you're close to the program. It's been a kind of an interesting year, some highs and then a really low of lows the last two weeks of the season. Lost to New Mexico State, got embarrassed, and then that just horrendous way to end that game versus Alabama. Where does the program go from here? How? What's your confidence level with Hugh? And and what should we expect this offseason from the Tigers heading into next year? My confidence level in Coach Freeze is really high. Uh, next year, it's hard to tell. I mean, what yeah. what are you going to have? I'm, I was pretty excited about some of the guys that they brought in the transfer portal. Some of them didn't work out. Like I thought Jair Shorter would be a really good receiver. I thought Rivaldo Fairweather would be a good tight end. You know, one of those worked out. One of them didn't. Um, you know, they, they've got to find some receivers. I think they still need to work on quarterback. I don't know if Peyton Thorne is just going to be the answer to get to eight or nine wins next year. Um, you know, defensively, I thought they had a good year this year under Ron Roberts. You need a little bit more up front. They need pass rushers. They don't have enough of those. But I do think Hugh's building it the right way. There's more alignment right now than there's ever been since I've been alive, since I've been around Auburn football. And let's be real, with the way things have happened historically, that's probably the most important part is are the boosters or the people who have the money that are in control, especially now with NIL, and are the people with the collective and the fans and the alumni and the lettermen and the players, are they as closely aligned as ever? That's probably a bigger deal at Auburn even than a lot of other places. So, And I think it is. Um, he's got a great class he's putting together right now from the high school perspective. They're going to attack the portal again. Uh, I think he'll make maybe a staff change or two, but I have a lot of confidence in Hugh Freeze and what he's doing. I mean, I think he's going to get it right. I think he's going to win a lot of games. I have had the, I had Auburn twice this year and, and always the big discussion was obviously Hugh Freeze giving up the play calling duties to, to Philip Montgomery. And at times he took him back, whether that's for a quarter or two or entire game, Kind of really felt like that game versus Alabama was 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 led by Hugh. Yeah. Is that also a decision made this offseason? You think he kind of says like, you know what? I know it's hard to do in today's world with all these responsibilities that I have as a head coach, especially here in the SEC. But like, I have to call plays going forward. Like, do we think he yeah. makes that full change come next season? I don't know if it'll ever be full, but I do think what's going to happen is it'll be run his way. It'll be his offense, and I think that. I think he thought that Philip Montgomery's offense with his were closely aligned. And so he could just sort of let him have it, but it would still be what Philip wanted. I think now Hugh will probably draw up the game plan, probably have a lot of the call sheets, and he might not have the play to play calling all the time. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he just says, I'm doing this from here on out. This is yeah. where I made my money. This is how I got here. This is who I am. I'll get people to work for me or under me to help me with all the other stuff. But by God, I'm going to call the offensive plays. That that wouldn't surprise me at all. And honestly, like you said, Aaron, you and I have a pretty good idea of when it was him and it mm-hmm. looked a lot better and it looked a lot different. Probably what they need to do. So, I mean, I said it about Malzahn for years when he was at Auburn. Like, buddy, you're not here because you're a great head coach somewhere else, which Hugh has been a good head coach mm-hmm. in the places, but you're here because you, you can call plays. And, yep. and that's what's going to help your team more than anything else go win football games. So go mm-hmm. do it. You just got to have the right people around you to be able to manage the rest of what comes with being a college head football coach today. 
You know what drives me crazy? Because um, someone just asked in the chat, like, is, is, is Auburn's only role essentially to be a nuisance to Alabama at the end of the season? I think people forget in the past two decades, Auburn has won a national championship, been to another national championship, and then in 2004 was undefeated. But, you know, that was the crazy year where they didn't get to a national championship. So always the comparison of like, oh, A&M is equivalent to, to Auburn. I'm kind of like, when's the last time A&M was in a national championship? Auburn has, once again, they've been to two, should have been to a third. When people say that, I don't know how much you've heard it, but like when people do say like, oh, A&M is the equivalent of Auburn because of, you know, essentially being in the same state as Texas and being the same state of Alabama. What is your thought of the, I guess you can call it somewhat little brother mentality, but once again, like you've been the national championships, you've won them, you've won Heisman's. Yeah, I, I would go back to, like you said, 2010, winning a national title, 2013, playing Florida State and being in that game late, having an opportunity to win it late in the national championship game. 2017, knocking off back-to-back number ones in a three-week span and going to the SEC championship game. So I I feel like that's a little bit more than a nuisance to Alabama and Georgia um, because before Georgia started this run, I mean, Auburn was winning a national championship and SEC championships and in that SEC championship game. So um, I I think Auburn has a much higher ceiling than just being bothersome to Alabama and Georgia on an annual basis. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Uh, chat wants to know, do you think Thorne stays? Like, do you think Hugh sticks with Thorne? Or, I mean, there's a couple of good quarterbacks right now in the portal that I would be like, all right, you, you go to, yeah, you go to Auburn, I, think, I see a massive upgrade. I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of due diligence is going to be done on yeah. different quarterbacks in the portal. I know there's one specifically right now that they're working on. Um, but you also have to understand that that might not happen. So then you have to have a little bit of confidence, at least with what's on your roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't expect all the quarterbacks that are on the Auburn roster currently to be on the roster next year. But we heard a lot about what Hugh Freeze said with holding Gariner in the spring and then yep. late in the fall, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't ready to play right away. But then still Peyton Thorne. Maybe not from a passing perspective, but he did get a better grasp of that offense as the season progressed. I thought from a read perspective, he really had a good feel for what he was doing and how he was operating it late. But if he's going to pass and be the same kind of passer that we saw this year, that Auburn can't win with that. They've got to find somebody that can help them through the air and consistently push the ball down the field. So I, I... Regardless of what Hugh says about his confidence level in Peyton Thorne, I, I don't think anything definitive is going to be decided until we get to fall camp. And, I, and I've told you this before, too. I know there's always going to be talk about quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. But let's not forget, Auburn fans, like you haven't had elite receiving play in, a, in, in, in years. Like even go back to Bo Nix. Like I thought Bo Nix is last year at Auburn. Bo Nix was playing great. He had no support. He had no help. Like yep. Auburn needs to bring like you, we, we, a quarterback, especially in this era, T-Bob and I talk about all the time. Like you look at the really good offenses. Yeah. There's great quarterback play, but there's also first round talent at the receiving position. Yeah. And, and Auburn doesn't even have draftable guys right now at the, at the receiving position, maybe fair weather at tight end, but like true receivers that can win consistently. And I've talked to Hugh about this too. I know you have like, that's his biggest issue right now. I think more than quarterback. He's like, I don't have it. My best receivers are like five, nine. He's like, I need that yeah. six one six two guy that can run, make plays down the field, and and that has been to me one of the biggest glaring weaknesses from this Auburn team um, for the past few years. Uh, Jonathan Bernstein in the chat, T. Bob, Aaron Cole, and McElroy are on the Mount Rushmore of college football. Just want to let you know, all four of us yesterday made the top one hundred from. Not, I want to say Boomer Schumer. Why am I screaming? Big game Boomer. Big game Boomer. Top personalities. Cole coming in at a fresh number three. Three, Cole? Let's go. 
Listen, listen, if Boomer knows lists, that's all I know. I mean, Boomer knows lists. I moved from like 48 to 28, so I'm in the top 30. Appreciate everyone on Snaps helping that. T-Bop finally got in there, which I think is more of like a little joke between him and and Big Game Boomer, honestly, but he's in there. Uh, And Greg, I believe, is somewhere in there as well. So um, appreciate you for putting us on that list, Big Big Game Boomer. Um, All right, let's let's transition real quick to some bowl games. Uh, Big SEC versus almost uh, Big Ten. Uh, AFC, F, uh, NFC type feels with, with the way these two conferences are going to be built over the next year or two. Uh, Georgia, Florida State. Florida State just found out that one of their star receivers is not going to be playing. We may hear a bunch of this for all these bowl games going forward, but do you think Georgia cares, Cole? Like, like is this a, like, is this a two teams pissed off and like not want to be there? Or is there something to take away from this one? I think it's going to be really interesting to see the the care factor. I guess you'll say with this yeah. with this particular bowl game because emotionally there there has to be so much letdown that you're going to have to get over. You're going to have to overcome uh, for two totally different reasons. And you know, I think Georgia's a better football team, and that's not without Jordan Travis. That's you put them take take both at their best point of this past season. Mm-hmm. I think Georgia is the better team now. Braden Fisk and Jared Verse and those guys, you know, Patrick up front, they can get after you. Florida State's defensive line can be disruptive and be problematic. Those receivers, like you mentioned, can be dynamic, even though it looks like now Johnny Wilson not going to play. But either way, I still think Georgia's a better football team. And yeah. I, I think the only thing that would hold some Georgia guys out may be injuries, like the guys who are playing in an SEC championship game, McConkie Bowers, who are – 75, 85%, whatever it was. Maybe it's just smarter for them to not go. I don't even really mm-hmm. think it would be because they don't want to play or they don't want to be around the team. It's just, hey, this is really the smarter move for me moving forward. Yeah. But the weird part about it, Aaron, was, is we've almost gotten to this point now where it's this badge of honor for these kids to not play in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look, I'm important, so I get to sit out of the bowl game. I don't have to play. And it's just like, you're going to be drafted in the seventh round, man. Like, yeah. just go play in the game. Like, help your teammates out. Um, Bryce Anderson, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, man. I had I had that game last year on, on ESPN Radio. Like that is the best example. The first overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, and the third overall pick played in their game. Why? Because they love their teammates. They love their university. And yep. you only get to play college football for so long. Actually, a lot longer nowadays than most. But still, it's still a, a short amount of time of, of being able to enjoy this this part of your life. No, and uh, you don't get to do it much, and it's just there's so much work that goes into it comparative to the amount of snaps that you get, mm-hmm. no pun intended, uh, in actual game time that's out there. So even if you have a successful NFL career, man, like I just don't think it gets any better than being a college football player in a big-time yep. school. So mm-hmm. enjoy it while you got it because it's going to go away fast, and you're going to be like I am with three kids looking back saying – Man, I'd give about anything. Just have one more game. Just go hang out yeah. with my guys one more time, and go try to trade paint with somebody for one for four more quarters. And mm-hmm. I, I just I think both these teams have something to prove, but there feels like there will be less potential sitouts from the Georgia side of things. Yep, I agree. And therefore, I, I think Georgia wins this game. Yeah, which is crazy for how talented Georgia is. Like it's yeah. still a younger team, and there's a lot of guys that do have the potential. Like I think to me, only one really comes to mind. Like I think Brock probably sits out, not because he. Like Brock is the the mindset of a Bryce. Like if Brock's healthy, oh, yeah. I think he was sure. like, hell yeah, I'm playing. You know, yeah. but like I think Kirby even might sit him down like Brock. Like we appreciate everything you've done. 
you've been bad. You've been a warrior all year when you no, didn't, Eric didn't set out a bowl game. Stop. Yeah. Don't even ask that question. Did I set out a bowl game? I tore my yeah. ACL. I couldn't play. No, he, he, but no, he was just asking. I'm like, no, no he would have never no. set out a bowl game. No, no. Um, so like Brock would play. I'm like, I want to make sure fans are like Brock is the person, that, the person that's you have to literally yeah. tell his ass. You ain't playing for him not to play. Um, which I think Kirby, I think might have to do, uh, just cause it, it's just not worth it for him. Um, all right, let's get a, let's get a couple of these other games before we have to let you go. Ole Miss, Penn State, uh, high level. Your thoughts on that game um, and and Ole Miss trying to get to, to win number eleven. Yeah, we heard Lane say it earlier this week that he doesn't feel like he has a lot of those fringe first round guys that would probably sit out. But again, the injuries during the year, Caden Priestcorn was beat up, Trey Harris was beat up. So do those guys say, "I just got to go get healthy before I start getting ready"? It's not that I don't want to play or I don't like you. I just I need to make sure I'm as close to 100 as I can be before I start getting ready for the combine, um, because I do think they'll have some guys that could be drafted higher, maybe not first round, but higher that potentially could you know move on to start trying to get healthy. I think tempo can be very beneficial for Ole Miss in this game. We already saw Chop Robinson not going to play. He if a kid declares for the draft, I'm just assuming they're not playing in their bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that obviously is going to hurt. Um, I think the way that Ole Miss can work east to west, that making that defense run is, is going to be able to help, and the athleticism down the field I think will be beneficial. Can Ole Miss get to Drew Allard? I think is going to be the big question. Can they just mm-hmm. pressure him at all? When he's pressured, he's not near as good. Mm-hmm. But if he can sit in the pocket all day, he can be a little bit of a problem because that defense is improved, but let's not pretend like it's still great. It's not an no. awesome defense by any stretch of the imagination. So, But I do think Joshua Harris, J.J. Pegues, the interior of that D-line has been a lot better, mm-hmm. and they can at least put up a better fight against a Penn State rushing attack. Uh, but I kind of like Ole Miss and, the, and their ability to score in that game and, yeah. and their ability to go get that one, which would be a big one for Lane Kiffin and company. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at Ole Miss heading into next year, Jackson Dart probably back, Juckins back, you know, a lot of weapons. That's going to be, yeah. once again, another fun year for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss next season as, you know, you, you know he's going to hit the portal, hopefully get some guys yeah. at the offensive line to, to shore things up a little bit more. All right, last game we want to break down and then I'm going to get your Heisman thoughts real quick before we let you go. Missouri, Ohio State, another SEC Big Ten matchup. Ohio State is just almost gutted through the portal right now. I mean, I don't yep. know kind of what that roster is going to look like. I doubt Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to play, especially the fact that his quarterback is not there either. I don't know why he would yeah. want to play in the game with a backup quarterback. Um, you're feeling this. I mean, does Missouri, who's had a magical season, find a way to even possibly dominate this game and get to 11 wins? I think they could. I mean, you've, you've already seen multiple four and five stars from that Ohio State roster hit the portal. Even guys like a Julian Fleming that's not their number one or number two receiver, but guys like we saw with Marvin Harrison a couple of years ago in the Rose Bowl, maybe be next up and get those opportunities are already going to move on. A couple of role players on defense going to be gone as well. And I don't think that's going to be the end of guys who don't play in that game. Luther Burden would probably be the one that we would look at and say, oh, I could see him sitting out based on where he's going to be selected in the draft, but he he's not draft eligible this year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't think, you know, you look at guys like Armand Mimbu at right tackle, Cody Schrader at running back. Like, they're, I don't think these are guys that would even consider not playing in this game. Now, maybe you have yet a linebacker that missed a couple of games late. P- possibly you look at it and say, I got to go get healthy. I'm not going to be there. But either way, Missouri's been fine without him. Missouri is going to uh, – this is the thing. Missouri will bring a punch to this game. Like This mm-hmm. this is a Missouri team up front defensively that will punch you in the face and is not going to back down. 
And you know what Eli's going to do? I mean, we know he he's going to sit there and say, everybody's saying Ohio, this is Ohio State, these big bad Buckeyes, you can't beat them, they're telling you you're terrible, and he'll have some stupid catchphrase that they'll be trying to sell to the kids the whole bowl practice, and he'll probably have those kids pissed off, man. Like, I, I, would, I bet he will. And just think about that. Like, it, you and I will know what it was because of the guys that didn't play, but for the casuals, as our friend Josh Pate would say, they're going to see Missouri and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And if Missouri gets that win, that's going to look massive to a lot of people. It's massive either way yep. because of what it's going to do for them as far as this season and what they're accomplishing. But, I, man, they run the stretch play better than anybody in college football right now. Yep. That includes App State, UCLA, Baylor, any of them. Like they, Cody Schrader and that O-line run it better than anybody. They're getting mm-hmm. great reps from Van Fleet, the freshman tight end. I, as long as Brady Cook doesn't throw a couple of picks and doesn't panic, I, I, I think Missouri will be fine in that game based well, on the good point for Ohio State. Yeah, like to, to beat Ohio State for for them, because you can say like, hey, we've played, besides Alabama, we've played Georgia better than anyone else in the country the past two seasons. We've yeah. been the most competitive against Georgia, besides obviously Alabama. Besides Alabama, you throw that in there. Besides Alabama, we've been the most competitive. Almost beat them at our house. Very competitive in Athens this year. And then guess what? We just beat Ohio State. We have 11 wins. Like that is massive for Eli Drinkwitz to go out there and continue Huge. to own the state of Missouri, continue to, to, to keep that state kind of locked up, those five stars yep. that he's been able to commit over the past few years from Missouri. I appreciate the super chat from James. Nick losing to Jim would be disastrous for the SEC. Uh, man, it's going to be interesting because you look at you know next year with, with Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA, like it's – Somewhat disastrous, but you also have Texas coming in. So, you know, I think both both leagues will be really impressive to look at starting next year. So it's um once right. again, like I always say it's gonna be AFC versus NFC. It is we are getting to a point where it's gonna be two mega conferences battling back and forth. All right, Cole, before we let you go, any doubt in your mind that Jaden Daniels doesn't win the Heisman this weekend? Oh, absolutely, because I know who votes for this award. So that definitely brings in doubt as to whether or not he'll win it. Should he win it? No, there's no doubt in my mind. He has been the most outstanding player in college football this year, and that's really not debatable. Go look at the yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. Go look at the rushing yards. I mean, the kid's, I think, fourth in the nation in, in yards per carry right now, and the two two or three players above him all have like 50 and 60 carries, and he's got like 135. He led the nation in yards per carry, rushing the ball the majority of the season. So. I mean, he has been absolutely outstanding. If you want to talk about the losses, that's fine. Go look at his numbers in the losses because they didn't lose because of him. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, I think what that trophy says on the bottom of it, most outstanding player, that's exactly what he's been. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about explosive plays, if you want to talk about successful offense, running an offense, generating offense, whatever that is, accuracy down the field, big runs, big throws, like he has been the most outstanding. And uh, once again, we talked earlier about Nick and Kirby doing things nobody's ever done. I mean, Jaden Daniels is doing things a couple of players nationally and in the SEC have never done, which is just mm-hmm. insane to think about. So he's been overly dynamic. And for me, it's an easy choice. I, it it yep. would be Jaden Daniels and probably one of the reasons I don't have a vote. <laughs> me too. I, I don't have a vote. Maybe one day one of us will get a vote. I mean, we're our top 30 college football personalities. I mean, I don't know why we don't have a vote in everything, essentially. They ain't um, put me on that thing because Quentin Nelson would have been number one on my ballot. Notre Dame offensive lineman. Quentin Williams would have been number one on my ballot. Trey Smith may have been number one on my ballot at Tennessee. They don't want those names on there. They're not, they're yeah. not giving me a vote. Well, you're like um, uh, Orlovsky, head Kelsey, center for, for Philadelphia as his MVP a few weeks ago, I saw. So 
Listen, hey, man, he is the only player who touched the ball on every play. Damn right. Got to give love to them big boys up front. All right. Well, that is Cole Kublik. Join us, Cole, man. We appreciate you jumping on with us this afternoon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Aaron. We'll catch up soon. All right. Uh, another great edition of Snaps tomorrow. Just kind of giving the game plan going forward tomorrow. We're going to bring in our boy, Colin Wilson. Give some early betting lines for bowl season, some lines to look out for, maybe to jump on a little bit earlier uh, to get some, you know, possibly some money before Christmas for some of those early bowl games. So be on the lookout for that. Once again, appreciate everyone. 10K in the books. The next goal, 12,500 subs and a little over a month before the national championship. So go like, subscribe right now. Take the time, share with a friend this holiday season. We appreciate you guys. And we will see you tomorrow for a brand new edition of Snaps. The volume. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.